Canadian and American military supplies have arrived in Haiti to help that country's government fight back against armed gangs. Now, these are images of the planes carrying those shipments on the weekend. The delivery includes armored vehicles and tactical equipment to bolster Haiti's national police. The humanitarian situation in Haiti is at a crisis point. And Let's bring in Magda Gabrosolase from Washington because as part of the response to that, Magda, the United States has now drafted a United Nations Security Council resolution, support for the deployment of a rapid action force to Haiti. Tell us more about what that involves. Well, Heather, this rapid action force uh, was first reported by several media outlets initially from uh, the Miami Herald talking about the U.S. presenting this resolution. What lacks uh, in information and details right now is what countries would be involved in this force, what the roles would be. But at this point, the fact that the U.S. is presenting this as, a, as an option uh, really is in line with what the Secretary General for the U.N. has been asking for. And you can go around the world. So, you know, right now in Haiti, there are massive protests going on against uh, Jovenel Moise, a U.S.-backed president who, again, he was a key ally of Trump. He even went to the White House and talked about how him and Trump were both entrepreneurs, they have this affinity. But really, he was put in power by the Obama White House. And his predecessor, Martei, was put in power by uh, Clinton, by Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State. And so now there are these massive protests going on against Jovenel Moise. His term was supposed to expire on February, on February 7th, but he says that he really should be in office for another year. Uh, Haitian courts don't agree with him. The Haitian people certainly in massive numbers don't agree with him. And they're showing out to protest. The U.S. is once again standing on his side and saying that actually he should be in power for another year. And that's that's really what the U.S. says really matters in Haiti. If the U.S. were to turn on Moise and say, all right, it's time to go, he'd be gone in a second because he just can't exist without U.S. support. So that's a case where, again, Biden so far is continuing the Trump policy, and really the long-standing U.S. policy of backing right-wing autocrats in Haiti against, you know, popular movements. And that really goes back to, like, Haiti's founding in 1804, when Haiti became the first free country in the hemisphere. The U.S. feared the example that freed slaves would pose for the U.S., and so they helped back France in trying to put down the rebellion. They helped uh, France pillage Haiti, even after Haiti became free. U.S. occupied Haiti in the beginning of the 20th century, helped back uh, the Duvalier dictatorship up until Haiti's first free elections, and then Haiti's first free elections in 1991 elected the popular president, Aristide. He was immediately overthrown in a U.S.-backed coup, and then overthrown again 13 years later in 2004 in another U.S.-backed coup. So this is just a long-running thing, and Biden is a part of that establishment that has been pillaging Haiti forever, and it's just... It's interesting to see him come into office and just immediately offer reflexive support to the right-wing autocrat who, while you know, tens of thousands are protesting in the streets. Starting in 1990, uh, the, uh, Haiti did have its first uh, free election in 1990. The U.S. had a candidate, uh, World Bank uh, official Mark Fazan, who it assumed would obviously win. He had all the money and everything else. Uh, nobody was paying attention to what was going on in the slums and the streets. 
and the hills. And what was going on was pretty impressive. A lot of large-scale effective organizing among some of the poorest, uh, most miserable people in the world. And grassroots movements had developed with nobody paying any attention, which were so powerful that when it did come to an election, they swept the election. Uh, the U.S. candidate got 14% of the vote. Aristide, President Aristide uh, won by a very large majority, which shocked everybody. Uh, the United States instantly, instantly turned to overthrowing the government. Uh, it uh, withdrew support from badly, desperately needed support from the government, and not because the government was inefficient, it was getting very good marks from the international lending institutions and so on, uh, but because it had broken the rules. It was a popular government that had been elected on the basis of large-scale grassroots organizing. All aid was withdrawn from the government. Uh, aid was given, but only to the opposition. Up until that point, under agreements, first with Carter, then intensified with Reagan, uh, the U.S. had a virtual blockade around the island during the period of the vicious military dictatorships that the U.S. was supporting to try to prevent people from escaping. Uh, that's illegal, of course. It's a gross violation of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and conventional humanitarian law, but anyway, that's what was going on. They changed it when Aristide was elected. For the first time, Haitians were allowed to come to the United States and accept political asylum, not when they were being tortured by Duvalier's thugs. Uh, it didn't matter too much because very few people were trying to get out. In fact, during that moment of hope, people for the first time were trying to get in. But if anyone was trying to get out, they were for the first time allowed to be called political refugees. Uh, when the coup took place, as was anticipated, seven months later, it reversed. This poor fellow isn't sharp. He's weary and confused. He doesn't care about us, and he probably doesn't know what he's talking, 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 talking about. And you, you are puzzled. Puzzled. Welcome, Welcome to, to I'm, I'm Sick, sick of this, this Place, place. sometimes known as, as This Place Has No Face. It is a maskless, maskful society that you cannot understand where they're coming from, who they are, what they want. So, if you didn't understand from the beginning, that's my thoughts on Haiti. We are there to put them back in their place. But besides that, I'm your host with the least, never the most, Chad Becker, sometimes known as... That's when you fill in the blank. What is he known as? He's sometimes... I'm known as that guy. Sometimes I'm known as that fellow. Sometimes I'm known as he who lurks in the shadows. But I am never known as he who stands in the spotlight and says sweet things about people. Anyways. So Halloween's right around the corner in 10 days. So every week we are talking a little bit about it, doing a little something spooky. Today I want to discuss a few of 
the costumes I remember growing up. And I'm not talking about classic ones. Like, right off the bat, here I am. I'm coming at you with ninjas. I'm sure every young man growing up was a ninja. My generation, you probably had a couple Power Rangers, too. Ninjas, like, I think I was a ninja a few times. Uh, I remember being a robot that we made out of styrofoam. And then, once again, Power Ranger head and uh, whatnot. But I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm not talking about being a witch, being a zombie. I'm talking about things like being a baby. That was always weird to me. There's two types of people that were babies. And this is what they kind of grew into. This is this is what they became. So, from at least from what I gathered, if you were a baby... If you dress like a baby, you had two life paths, okay? You ended up pregnant in high school or you were just like a horse girl, which you were a horse girl in elementary school and that just became what you were later on in life. Maybe not a horse girl, but one girl I remember, she be, she was a horse girl, and these are also the same that every year they come up with a new weird scenario out in the playground. Like, I distinctly remember one of them. Uh, I believe Allison was her name. Would say there was a ghost in the woods, and then during winter, it was like a skeleton or a goat. I'm pretty sure it was a fucking skeleton with ice skates on and she would try to like come on people let's pretend there's a skeleton or, or she would just there's a, there's a skeleton there's a skeleton out there in the woods and he's doing somersaults and backflips and he's doing 360s i remember that was something that happened did you also have somebody in your playground that was obsessed with spookiness or just weird, like, because you had, because you were the weird one, you had to not necessarily imaginate, uh, imaginate a friend, but you had to imaginate something. Because if you did a friend, then we would know you were like crazy, and obviously nobody liked you, so you had to imaginate a friend. But because you imaginated some little creature, some thing, some little oogie boogie out in the thicket. Um, you kind of got a pass, but those people were babies. They, and it, it bothered me. And then the other one, like I said, they became pregnant in high school. I'm pretty sure they became pregnant in high school. They were the also ones. It there's a actually a weird Venn diagram between people or, or girls who dress like babies. Girls had dressed like hippies, and then in the middle, it's like drug-addicted whore. And in that Venn diagram, you get a lot of the um, pajama pants, hot Cheetos-wearing people, women. I don't know why I'm saying people. Uh, so, yes, you had the Venn diagram, and in that middle are those types. Drug-addicted whores. Um if you were a guy that dressed like a baby, I'm pretty sure you turned out to be gay. At least one guy I remember going to school with dressed like a baby, 
even before he came out and we all knew because you know it's hey guys you know they had they had that uh speech pattern already in them so you knew so it was like oh the pacifier is a tiny dick um and then I don't remember a lot of guys dressing as hippies. I'm just going off what I vaguely remember, folks. And if you had a guy that was a hippie, I'm pretty sure they turned into a druggie, too. And if they dressed like a baby, maybe they were sort of a drug whore, too. I'm not saying a woman can only be a drug whore. Guys can be whores also. Now, army people. If you dress like an army, there's only two rational things in my mind. One, you have somebody, quite possibly your father or a father figure in your life that was in the army or the navy or the marines. So, there you go. Or, you idolize that stuff because it's so machismo and you've watched the war movies. But, I think that is more terrifying than a baby or a, a hippie. Especially when you factor in child soldiers. Remember Coney? That was a fucking crazy time. I never really got into it. You know, I bought into it, but I didn't get into it. You know what I mean? There were some people that were like, I'm wearing the, I'm wearing the arm badge. I'm like, bitch, you're 13. Or no, 2012. Bitch, Jesus Christ. Bitch, you're 17, 18, whatever. You really, really, I got, I bought the wristband. We got to solve it. Okay. Anyways, so these kids that dress like armies, it, it, it quite is terrifying to people of color. And by that, I mean people in our national security states and if i didn't make the intro clear that's sort of what i'm talking about you're talking about once again sending wisconsin national guard to africa why fucking batteries um we're giving military aid for people that are starving and have cholera and have no fuel why because they're pissed off and they want to uprise so we're going to send them military aid. Anyways, so yes, dressing like an army person is very terrifying for a lot of people in the world. Uh, what is another costume? I'm trying to remember. So let's see. Some more classic costumes that don't necessarily... See, the, these ones always struck me as a little bizarre. Um... One, another one I was, I was an alien with like a voice changer. I had some wicked costumes. I had some wicked costumes growing up. Uh, I, dude, the Halloween parade was like some serious shit back in the day. Do you not remember having to get your costume full and checked? It was like we were doing a runway. We were on a fashion shoot. We were we were doing uh, what's her name? Tyra Banks, America's Next Top Model. But we were doing it for us. We were doing it to bring the spookiness. And 
I don't remember. I don't remember really kids being scared of one another, right? In the school. But I do remember being scared of people when I was out trick or treating children I didn't know. I don't know if it's because when I remember, I'm thinking fourth and fifth grade, the top dogs of the elementary world. Unless you were a little bit older than me, then you'd say sixth grade. So you were the scarier ones. I don't remember being in first grade, second grade, being really spooked of fifth and sixth graders. I just remember doing the trick-or-treating in the school where like you would go to the teachers, I do believe. But the thing with the high, the, the, I was going to say high school parade. There's none of that shit. There's no high school parades. You did sometimes get to dress up. And I thought that was kind of weird. Like I remember like, I think ninth grade was the last one I dressed up as if you're continuing to dress up, you either love Halloween, you're looking for attention or you're running away from things. That's it. You're looking for attention. You love Halloween or you're running away from something. If you're dressing up in high school, that's it. Anyways, back to children times. The high, the every time I want to say high school, the elementary school party was dope because I remember we would make a like a dead body or a skeleton that you would have reach your hand in and be like, that's the brain. And it was like jello or cauliflower or some shit. And you'd be like, those are the intestines and it's spaghetti. And then there's like, it would just be things you could eat. And then I don't ever remember eating the stuff because after everyone's grubby little hands in it, you don't want to eat it. But it was a fun time. It was a fun time to not have a care in the world. I remember quite distinctly being so, you know what? It's weird. When you trick or treat in a neighborhood, you see what all the decorations are for like a month straight, right? Right. You see it out in the morning. You see it out in the evening. You see it out at night. But, there's something it hits different when you're there in person and i remember being fucking afraid of this one house and it wasn't the decorations and i think that's why because i got so used to it what fucking freaked me out as a kid was who opened the door it was a surgeon and he had this uh like a chest piece with blood flowing through it and then he also had like a head or like uh his brain was showing and there was blood and that freaked me the fuck i ran as fast as i could away and then i think my parents brought me back up and was like oh it's okay but halloween See, I never was a fan that much. I liked dressing in the costume, kind of. I didn't like walking around because in Michigan, every Halloween, I remember it either rained 
or it snowed. So it was either 32 below or it was probably like between 32 and 50 and that's still fucking cold and freezing rain. (laughs) What about the swapping of candy? There is always a hierarchy in the candy world. And for some people, it's Reese's. Some people, it's Kit Kats. Nobody. 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 <laughs> um, likes. I don't even know why people would buy it. Because it's cheap, sure. But. Why not buy something you enjoy too? I never understood those who passed out like the plastic little bottles of whatever various liquids. One thing I never liked growing up was things exploding or gushing in my mouth. I never liked gushers. Something about biting into something and something squirting in my mouth like a liquid. I remember, what is it, ice? It was like icebreakers, liquid ice or some shit like that. Like little pebbles, and then you put it in, and it's like a mint, and it explodes. I never liked shit exploding in my mouth. I never liked it. So these things were nasty because of that. I'll, oh, back to babies. I always thought people who liked baby bottle pops were weird as shit. And I'm sure the people that dress like babies thoroughly enjoyed those things back to halloween we used to roll like 12 deep 12 deep um trick-or-treating it was me my sister and all our younger cousins and we would go in the van typically or take a car to and we would just squad up and I think maybe that was the reason why we never got the classic stolen candy because there was 12 of us but I also don't know if things just didn't that didn't happen in the early 2000s I don't know maybe in different areas it still did um, there was still Devil's Night or what, what, I mean, there's other terms for it, but in our area, it was Devil's Night. I never did anything, um, when I was older. I do remember, uh, pumpkins being smashed. Um, I, we never got any eggs or teepee. I did shenanigans, but it was never on Devil's Night. But one thing that always bothered me was the people that had nothing better to do except for pretend to be a dummy. And I remember one of my friends was trying to be a dummy. And I don't know if I was trick-or-treating or if I was just taking my younger cousins to the house 
But I remember seeing my friend there, and I apparently, because of the mask, he didn't realize who the fuck I was. So I sat on his lap, and he did not get up because I was a little heftier then. But uh, that always irritated me. And you could always tell approaching if some motherfucker was going to jump out at you. And it still got you because you didn't know when it was coming. You just knew it was going to happen. It's like going into a haunted house. You know it's not real and you know some shit's going to jump out at you. But you cannot prepare yourself not to flinch a little bit. You might not be screaming, but unless you're like so insane that you just stand there. It's like, what is the point? How are you so control of your body that you're not going to flinch a little. You're not going to flinch a little. Anyways, back to some of the costumes that bothered me. Like, I never, like, okay. There was a hippie, and then a lot of times those people kind of upgraded to rave, like a raver, and you're just like, oh, so you're definitely going to be one of those drug addicts and and it was it's just weird to me halloween was a time to be something spooky or something that you can't be or aren't like in in this in the sense like i'm not i can't be a fucking ninja like those don't exist anymore i mean assassins do but like ninjas don't and i'm also a 10-year-old kind of overweight white child and ninjas rule. Uh, so I never understood people who wanted to be like uh, career things or like a grown-up. For example, like a teacher. Why would you... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go as a teacher. Why? 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 Don't waste my fucking time. Like, I'm going to go as a nurse. Why? Be something spooky. Be something that's not really around. And once, like, like teacher, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your life. You want to be a teacher, but have at it. Nurse, why? Do you want to be it? Because they're heroes, bitch. We're trying to be villains here. We're trying to be spooky. Any food-related item, like, like I remember people going as, like, the like a Kool-Aid packet or uh, like a Twinkie. You're just fat. Even if you're skinny, you're going to be fat. If you dress like food for Halloween, you're either going to be fat, you're going to have an eating disorder, or quite frankly, your parents are fat. And they don't allow you to eat. And you're dressing like their favorite thing, which is a bag of Lee's potato chips. And that's the only time you get a little attention because they get all fucking drunk and they go, oh, my God, I got me a bag of Lay's potato chips. And you're like, no, mama, it's me. It's me, Kathy. Come over here, my little bag of potato chips. Come. And then you either bring her a real bag or you go over there. She she realizes you're not. And then she like shows, God damn it. You're not real. I, you got me. 
Goddamn Kool-Aid. Is the Kool-Aid man going to bust through the wall next? Is the Kool-Aid man. And then, yeah, then you have your younger fat brother, just like the Kool-Aid man. And then she freaks the fuck out, beats you, and then realizes you're just her kids, calls 911, and then you get taken away to a different home. You get in the foster care unit. So dressing like food is very, there's no good way. There's no good way you're going to eat, be fat, end up with an eating disorder, or beat by your morbidly obese parents. It's quite simple. Another one that kind of bothered me was the kids that, like, there's nothing wrong with a homemade out outfit costume. I had one of those. My robot one was... Um, probably had another one. I can't remember. My sister probably had one, but the kind that bothered me was ones that were more or less like, have you seen, well, I'm sure you've seen it. This little kid went to a fart as, as a fart. I don't know if that kid wanted to, or if the parent made him. The problem with me is like when parents want to show off their skills it's like this bit motherfucker this is not about you let little baby girl shine let baby boy shine this isn't about that you can fucking sew or, or do whatever you're really good with the hot glue you're not like me and just put hot glue on your hand to see how much you can take and then peel it off or hot glue your hand fingers together like flippers and be like, I'm a dolphin. I'm a flipper boy. But that's what I did. Um, so I, so a homemade costume is fine unless the parent is making about themselves. So we're going to move on to some news. And the news I want to share with you is, is the military too woke to recruit? And this is militarytimes.com. The Army missed its recruiting goal by about 15,000 new soldiers in 2022, coming up 25% short of its goal at a time when each services were struggling to meet their benchmarks. Military officials worry all the branches have to reach deep into their pool of delayed entry applicants, move that puts them behind recruiting for the new year. Military recruits leaned on tried and true factors to explain the challenges, including low unemployment, a dearth of applicants up to physical... What the fuck? What does dearth mean? D-E-R, dearth. Dearth a scarcity or lack of something and a dearth of, so a lack of applicants up to the physical educational and behavioral standards i mean i'm sure the only people that want to join the military right now are angry little incels that i don't know and they're definitely not up to the physical or the behavioral standards i don't know about educational unless you, uh, I mean, they probably know how to make a bomb, but 
you don't need that really um but the truth is no one keeps detailed data on what's stopping america's youth from signing up maybe because we understand that it is a racket that we're not really doing anyone anything good but that's my opinion one possibility is increasing resonation i cannot pronounce words veterans is that the military is too woke senior tommy tuberville from Alabama, for example, is among a group of Republican senators who repeatedly blame recruiting problems on Biden's Biden's administration trying to build a woke army. Uh, a chief worried... What? Thomas... The largest threat they see by far to our current military is the weakening of its fabric by radical progressive or woke policies being imposed... Not by rising generation of slackers, but the very leaders charged with ensuring their readiness, he wrote. Wokeness in military is being imposed by elected and appointed leaders in the White House, Congress, Pentagon, who have little understanding of the purpose, character, traditions, requirements of the institutions they are trying to change. Sofer acknowledged that the direct cause and effect studies on the impact of woke policies such as these do not exist, and but suggested that common sense dictates that it's having an effect on recruiting. Is anyone surprised that the potential recruits, many of whom come from rural or poor areas of the country, don't want to spend their time being lectured about white privilege? <laughs> I mean, you do have a point there. Uh, it's more classist than, but that's me. Um, how can we ask young men and women who have dedicated to risk their lives for America to even die for America to affirm that our country is inherently racist? Pompeo wrote on September 28th opinion column for Fox. How can we ask them to view their brothers and sisters in the arms through narrow prisms of race and gender to the clear, obvious answer that we cannot, not without putting their lives at risk on the battlefield. A woke military is a weak military. But Defense Department leaders who often appre- what address I I too many words I can't read uh speech problems. The woke the whole woke terminology has me a little perplexed. Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force Joan Air Bass told Air Force Times, I don't I don't know that I agree with him and appreciate that term. I've said it before. I think perhaps we do not need to wake up to what our society is about today. Jesus Christ, how long does this go? Oh, okay. Reader feedback. Uh, what the fuck? I said, it, bah, 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 bah. I said it before. I think perhaps we do not need to wake up to what our society is about today. Perhaps we need to wake up to how we actually have more in common than not. Perhaps we need to wake up to the goodness of diversity and the, and the that America brings to the table. The diversity is not singular to demographic diversity, but it's experience. It's cognitive diversity. I don't subscribe to the wokeness in way that it's discussed. I actually think, yeah, we're probably needing to wake up to the goodness of what all our airmen are, what all people bring to the fight. 
I'm retarded. I can't read. They accuse the military of becoming so political or a social experiment that even proud veterans wouldn't recommend service. I'll be blunt. I wouldn't recommend anyone joining today's armed service, armed forces, and I discourage both my sons from considering service. Good. Good. I like that. A third-generation veteran America's military had sold out the services for their own advancement to reflect the poorest qualities of civilian leadership. Okay. Now for a little bit of commercials. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth, command your space. Mija, you're worth it. The CIA, now accepting everyone who wants to overthrow. I love it. Now, I don't think there's a problem with, uh, really, wokeness or being inclusive, but... I think the problem, for me at least, stems to what all these organizations actually do. Now, I hope she knows what they did to Central and South America. And the fact of just 
being a strong, independent Latina woman or whatever the fuck she said. It honestly sounded like wah, 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 because that's what propaganda says sounds to me. Wah, 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 wah. Now, imagine, like, how do you join an organization that has throughout um, 60 years, 80 years, just ravaged your entire homeland? I mean, or your your old, like, it would be like, <laughs> watch. She's like, I want, the, the, the time machine is invented, right? So she wants to go back to her home. She wants to see, like, where she came from. Like, her grandma as a young woman in her home country. And she goes back in time, and she just sees the CIA, uh, military, American-funded um, death squads roll through and just wipe out an entire vic- uh, uh, village, an entire village. Do you not real? It's like, hmm, I'm trying to make it a little more. Imagine if Germans, if there was like, hmm, I don't know. I was going to say just Germans like joining a Nazi group, but that doesn't make that much sense. It would be like uh, a Jew sort of joining a hate group, even though they've been like ostracized for most of their, if that's the right term. Um, It's weird. It's, I guess, why not join the empire, right? It's like if somebody in Star Wars, like a planet in Star Wars, got overtaken by the empire 80 years ago, and then that kind of history is wiped away, and then you just join the empire to make, to be, like, proud of your, incur- like, uh, uh, just to be like, I did it. You never thought I came from fucking venezuela my my grandma did she ran away from the horrible uh communist or whatever the fuck we're just ad-libbing here folks don't fact check me i don't know shit my my grandma ran away from the horrible south american country of fill in the blank and she came to america because people were just getting murdered for showing support of or or for going against the government there and she had to flee to America and now I am part of the CIA it's silly i don't think wokeness in the like what what are they doing what are they doing in the military that's so woke are they doing trans lectures like like are they instead like and the navy's like back in our day we had real men with cocks we didn't have women real men with vaginas if if we wanted to be true homosexuals we had a cock in our mouth now we have to fucking 
pull down the pants and if it's there hooray if it's not you know we're 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 getting you know uh sexual misconduct we're getting a um sexual harassment suit because we don't want that anyways here's another one that's actually for the army i do believe This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot Missile Defense Systems. It begins in California, with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life, a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm US Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. Emma Lamone, bringing radical feminism one drone strike at a time or whatever the fuck her name was. So, propaganda is great. And women love propaganda. I think they're probably the easiest people to program. Um, They got... It it literally took like three women smoking to make them all smokers because they were just told smoking is feminist. So then everyone... so So then they all started smoking. Um, I love powerful women who want to drone strike other women. What? It's it's like, remember when we had to invade Iraq again for women's rights? And I, and I talked about it. It was, you know, how are we going to, what, can women have, can women have rights if we kill them? That is a really good question. It depends on how well they behaved. Did they go to heaven? Did they go to hell? It's like it's like when a Muslim woman likes to wear hijab and they're like, take it off, you don't need to. And they're like, we, li- we like wearing it. And they're like, oh, my bad. And then the opposite side is like, you need to wear it because, you know, 
you don't need to approach you don't need to um what's the term you don't you don't need you know what i'm saying i'm fucking semi-retarded i swear my dad's mother was retarded so that makes me a quarter retard and i mean like you can look i seen a picture she looked it and then his like half sister or whatever was fucked up we'll say fucked up um so i don't think the problem is wokeness in the military i think the problem that becomes like how how is the biggest threat to the military like trans rights is that how is that how our military is going to be defeated by trans folk that would be honestly that would be amazing that would be hilarious if you just had a bunch of men chopping their dicks off throwing it at them and then screaming about how they're a woman there it would be amazing if they fashioned weapons out of their old penises and bought like instead of bayonets it's their old penis or if they're uh female to male when they lop off their breasts they turn them into landmines or something like oh no booby bombs (laughs) like they just fucking lob uh like uh boobs full of c4 I want a trans division of the army to fight with their old parts. That I think that would bring fear into a lot of countries where it's not even good to be gay. But I also don't think we should be in other countries. So, yeah. Wokeness in the military, to me, means inclusivity and exclusivity of the machismo-ness. If you can't be straight as hell next to a trans female or trans male or whatever, if you cannot keep your boner in check... That's on you. If you get tranny tricked, that's on you. If you are so afraid of these people, we need to harness that fear because we're more progressive than some countries we invade. Although, once again, we shouldn't be there. And now I just feel like I'm saying the same thing again and again. So, here's the thing. White people are made for horror movies. White, white, the reason why, what is it, Peel, Jordan Peel, why his horror movies are so incredible 
is because you really don't have an all-black horror movie. Horror movies have mostly been predominantly white, and normally, if there is a black character, they die first. Except for the classic Night of the Living Dead, where the black guy survives, but he gets killed at the end by the racist white people. And I think that scary movies have always been for white people because they don't have to deal with the subtle scarcity. Well, scarcity is not the right word, but it sounded good. The right word is scariness of just being not white. And that makes scary movies so appealing to, I think, black people. Because, I don't know, I think, I thought black people liked scary movies because that's the time when they see white people do dumb shit. That's the time they see white people scare. That's the time where they see white people murdered. And the only time white people can really get scared is that stuff because their life is so more vanilla. And the way Jordan Peele makes a horror movie is by flipping it. They they take the black, in my opinion, they take what it means to be a, uh, anybody of color, really, and they take the normal scariness of a horror movie and they put the twist of racism on. And that's why it's so appealing to uh, the awards. Now, the way you could do that is if signs, instead of an alien, it was actually about Mexican people taking over jobs and like the famous scene of the alien in Mexico could have been just like a illegal walking, slipping through like a, a gate or a gap in a wall and coming to America. Oh fuck. They're here. See, you could make, if a white person made a, a horror movie in the vein or an attempt that, uh, Peel does or, Whoever, whatever the fuck. It would be so racist that it would have, like, conser- it, w- it would be so racist, even conservatives would be like, what are you doing? Like, you can't make it subtle. Um, I don't know why. This just came to me. Um, and I think another reason why white it it's mostly white people in horror movies is because it's less racist to kill them quite frankly you couldn't you could if you had a all white or all black horror movie being killed by a white person that's racist you couldn't have that but Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is one like that. I don't know. I'm not a horror fan or a horror aficionado. I like 
different types of horror. I like the last horror movie I watched was Tetsuo, the Iron Man, and that was that didn't do anything for me. I I've watched trailers of it. I thought it would be interesting, and it is, but it's nothing I could see myself rewatching or coming back to, or simply, um, not referencing it, but uh, um. What is a word, you know, borrow, not borrowing it, but, you know, saying, saying, hey, you should check out this movie, whatever that term is. I couldn't be like, hey, man, check out this movie. So anyways, I think I'm going to get out of here. I'm getting less and less coherent. My tism, my tardness is slowly uh, taking over because... Lack of caffeine. Once again, I'm trying to wean myself off a of coffee. And I had one cup of black tea today. And uh, I also have like an hour before I got to leave for work. So there's that too. Anyways, have a good one. And maybe you're sick of this place just like I am.